this is officially episode two. Yay, welcome to episode two. For those who are not familiar with our theme, we cover all things spooky, whether that be true crime, uh, UFOs, um, Sam Squatch, (laughs) Sam Squatch, for those who watch Trailer Park Boys, (laughs) Sam Squatch, Um, and yeah, uh, a variety of spooky topics, also including ghosts and um, hauntings and whatever you name it. And of course, if you have any recommendations, feel free to message us at the Bone Diaries podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, welcome, welcome, welcome to episode two of the Bone Diaries. Woo-hoo. Hopefully y'all got really Shrek to the bone last time. <laughs> <laughs> to the bone. <laughs> to the bone. Oh gosh, that was so funny. I <laughs> I was listening to it after and like, okay, I never want to like listen to recordings of myself after because I just like don't like my voice. But I had to edit it, right? So I was listening back and the whole time I was like, oh my God, did I actually say that? Cringe. (laughs) It was so funny. It's funny. Yeah. I was wondering, I'm like, how much did Jamie edit out? Because I really can't remember, but I trust her. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There was, there was a good chunk of like time that I, I was like, okay, let's just like remove that. And then I'd think about it and I'd be like, do I want to add that back in? And then I'd listen to it again and I'd be like, God, no. (laughs) fair enough oh, yeah so and funny. honestly I actually really enjoyed listening to us like I I like I don't think you have anything to be self-conscious about with your voice oh, thanks girl <laughs> oh absolutely beautiful voice beautiful girl but yeah no I don't like listening to myself either and I oh yeah there's like all these little things like I don't know about you but I noticed like my voice can change depending on how I'm feeling or what I'm talking about or who I'm talking to. Yeah. 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 Totally. So sometimes, sometimes I find my voice is like really deep and I'm like, whoa, <laughs> all right. then. And then other times it's like nasally. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, especially now because like we're in April, so it's allergy season. I guess I forgot to like tell mm-hmm. people last episode. Jamie, yes. Tell us what you do for a living. Yeah. So I'm an education assistant and I work with individuals with diverse abilities. I work at an art school and it's lots of fun. I've been there for about mm, six years now, I think. And I absolutely love it. Like, oh, man. Um, yeah, no, I don't really spend time around any kids like my whole life. I just haven't been around them really. Like oh, I really? have some, yeah, no, I have like a few younger cousins, but they live in Quebec. So yeah, it's not like I see them really ever, but yeah, no. And like every job that I've had, I haven't really had to deal with kids and like every interaction that I have had with kids. I'm like, oh, hello, little human. What's going on through your mind? Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So then I, I just kind of, um, cause they're kind of unpredictable too, right? Oh my like, gosh. So unpredictable. Yeah. And uh I, I don't know I, I like things to of course be predictable and I like to have like a, a like a map of how to navigate situations or interactions with people so when it comes to children it's like oh what to expect but I mean that's part of the excitement with kids as well <laughs> they're yeah hilarious. they're just they're so random mm-hmm. they're so yeah. random kids say the darnest things they really do I'm trying to think of a- was that was that the Bill Cosby show I have, oh gosh I have no before idea before everyone found out he was like a major pervert right like weird dude yeah you know just you know weird dude yeah I don't know where that's from we're gonna have to google that I hate that guy yeah oh yeah <laughs> you He's and such me a piece in the, of shit. the world oh yeah. yes yeah yeah what's new yeah. for you though 
like what's let's what's go. been going on let's see i had a dream with rupaul the other night <laughs> i think i told yeah. you about that that was dope we were exchanging some inside jokes <laughs> that was fun um <laughs> that was new in my dream world um what's new in general in my real waking life uh not much i mean allergies um the cosmos are pretty intense right now um but hey i mean life's going good i don't really have any complaints right now that's good so, yeah all is good well there isn't really any tea honestly but yeah tell us jamie what about you anything new oh something so exciting uh i bought a headboard for my bed <laughs> so the way you said that was like so um deadpan <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's what i was going for nice yeah yeah i got a like a killer deal on it 25 bucks so that that's dope um yeah and it's vintage too which i love Ooh. i love vintage goodies so Very nice that was cool. Yeah, I don't know. Um, shit, because what has it been? It's been two weeks since we recorded our last episode. Hey, I believe so. Like between two and three weeks, maybe. Or yeah, yeah. Oh gosh, I, I don't even. My brother's birthday was a couple weekends ago. Mm-hmm. Got together for that. It was really fun. But don't worry, everyone. He's in my bubble. You don't have to freak out and go. Oh my god, she was with someone outside of her bubble during COVID. <laughs> Shame. Shame on you. Yeah, 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 hopefully it'll too much. Be, yeah, sounds good. Good and chill. Chill is good. But yeah, now spring has sprung and yeah, it's like allergy season. So it's like we have all this like energy for spring and we're stoked, right? And then yeah. allergies just kind of interfere with that. It's like, oh, I'm, I have so much energy, but I'm so tired at the same time. It's like, what do yeah. I do? So yeah, I guess just take your Claritin or Benadryl. No, this is not sponsored. <laughs> This is not a sponsored podcast. Um, nope. we're we're tired. That's okay. It's okay. It was the new. It's the new moon, though. So yes. Um, we are allowed to be exhausted. Mm-hmm, true. Yeah. This new moon. Um, for those who are interested in astrology, this new moon is very intense. <laughs> astrology. A astrology. This is an intense new moon. The first new moon of the zodiac wheel is the most intense as well as the full moon so energies are just heightened this month um but I'm really liking it though and like for other people it can be quite emotional if you haven't already let go of things that were meant to be let go of already like last month or the month before things are really going to push you to change now so in case you're in a dilemma or yeah you're like what the frick do I do well it's time to put on your big girl panties and Oh my gosh, that's so funny because okay, uh-huh. just like speaking of the word the word panties, my ex absolutely hated that word, and I'd say it all the time just to like piss him off. I'd be like, "Hmm, what kind of panties am I gonna wear today?" And he'd be like, "Ugh, it's just funny." I love I don't that. Know why. I'm like, "Stop being a little bitch." They're just fucking underwear. I yeah, should probably not funny. put that in there. Yeah. Stop being a little bitch. Quit <laughs> being a little bitch. You're just underwear. God. Oh, it's, yeah, it's funny how like certain words can really like trigger people. A, yeah, trigger people. I know I have some words, but I can't really remember what they are. Like for my sister, of course, she hates the word moist, like most people do. Yeah, everyone yeah. hates the, hates the word moist. And I don't know why. Moist, 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 moist. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> no apologies if you're listening and you don't like just the word to moist. Piss you all off. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um yeah I think it's just because of that word how it blew up a few years ago and like the stigma around it you know it's like adapted a new kind of meaning you know yeah um so I can it's see like a why joke people don't word like now that. yeah exactly it's a, yeah yeah it is a joke word but I mean language is always changing the 
it's insane and especially okay what I love though about how language is changing like especially English is just drag culture how that's basically impacting all of it oh yeah um, yes queen yes it's all so great it's all so clever and smart and that's why drag queens are the bomb yeah for mm-hmm. sure I love them is there anything on my fucking mind <laughs> right <laughs> right so yeah because like yeah there's shake the head let it rattle nothing inside yeah that's me today that's me um, too that's me like every day sh- should we jump right into the stories or should we kind of talk about yeah. some other things okay yeah let's let's do story time do you uh okay. want to go first this week oh, okay sure yeah i'll go first this week so yeah. this week i am covering the chupacabra el chupacabra <gasps> yes yes girl i love the chupacabra <laughs> dope oh good. my gosh that's such a good pick thank you and do you know what the chupacabra or what that translates to i have no idea what it translates to i just know that i am obsessed with it <laughs> okay cool <laughs> <laughs> and know nothing about it <laughs> right um so that was like most of us i think like maybe 10 years ago or something yeah I think, even well, even yeah. before then, I think, like, I remember yeah. my dad talking about it when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. my dad always jokes about the chupacabra. Oh, hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember just, like, kids were always talking about it and stuff. So every, like, it was more of, like, something that we talked about rather than actually, like, research. So El Chupacabra, that translates to the goat sucker. The goat sucker? Yeah, the goat sucker. That's cool. Yeah. Not for the goats. <laughs> not for the poor little goats no <laughs> that sucks okay, don't play so, this on the farm yes no um so this is actually the most like modern folklore tale of our time ever really i don't know our time we can edit that part out now with this story i'm just gonna warn y'all be disappointed you're gonna get disappointed uh just a warning because <laughs> i was uh what was the word I'm I was triggered I was triggered by this story because were you uh, I was I I got angry (laughs) I'm not gonna lie I got angry and I'll go into that a little bit later but uh I'm gonna go into the tale of the chupacabra and like how that all came out or came to be (laughs) (laughs) okay okay so there's two versions of the chupacabra but the most popular one uh originator originated in Puerto Rico in uh, Canovanas, I believe that's how you say it. And it goes all the way to Maine of um, these were where these sightings occurred. Um, and it started in 1995. That was the first sighting. So I was born that year. Girl, it's the year of the chupacabra. I am the chupacabra. Oh no. <laughs> Infant Jamie just running around Puerto Rico sucking on goats. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh gross <laughs> yuck ew keep you going nasty. get that out of my head yeah for sure <laughs> okay so yes luckily this uh, the chupacabra is not known to hunt humans but instead farm animals including uh chickens sheep rabbits ducks goats pigs etc you know animals around that size and so when the bodies were found, wait, 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 yeah. wait, 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 I just got to say, yes, did he, did he attack roosters? Because then you could say <laughs> the chupacabra sucks cock. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he did, you know, 
he seemed pretty <sighs> thirsty. Oh my <laughs> god, I love this missions. story already. Great. Okay, well, you're gonna love <laughs> it and you're gonna hate it. Okay. You will see why. So uh yeah, it would so it would mainly um attack those animals uh in farms mostly. So of course farmers are upset they're losing all their livestock. And uh, how the bodies would be found is that they'd have these perforations in their neck and they'd claim that all the blood was sucked out. Of course, like there would be, I saw some pictures, there were like dead chickens everywhere and stuff like oh that. Gosh. It's not a nice sight, of course. So I'll give a description. So uh, witnesses have, uh, let's see, oh, in April 19, by the time it was April of 1996, over 2000 animals or actually victims to the chupacabra over 2000 that's bonkers that's a lot yeah and uh the sightings um that were um called in they would say that the chupacabra was between three and five feet tall it had wings like a bat uh fangs and a hunchback with a large red black eyes covered in scales or quills and with tiny arms and they would jump great distances um they also had long fingers no genitals and uh they would say that it would also have a long tongue so that's a pretty freaky image can you imagine that sucking your chickens (laughs) okay so around this time uh the mayor named uh, jose ramon kimosoto oh i totally butchered that he took charge of this. He took it very seriously and he organized over 200 people to catch this monster, including like police and, you know, armed folk. And uh, they even used a, sorry, <laughs> sorry, it's so over the top. They put a goat in a cage and just dragged it in the, like from their uh, truck. And he was like, you know, carrying a crucifix and stuff. So oh they were gosh. like using the goat as bait, trying to lure in this chupacabra. The poor goat. Yeah, the poor That's goat. Something out of a movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. And for those who like are familiar with chupacabra, I'm sure you've heard of like the Scooby Doo movie or episode of the chupacabra. And mm-hmm. there's like even movies and other things referencing this. And even in like the late 90s, um, there were a few bands that actually wrote songs about the Chupacabras. And those were hits too. You don't really hear them anymore though. But hey, that's, that's pretty right. fun. <laughs> Might as well use that hype for some uh, records. Uh, so anyways, yeah. So he gathered all these people going on the hunt for the Chupacabra. Did they find him that night? No, no, they did not. Um, uh, Puerto Rico was actually pretty concerned how this was going to affect their tourism. So uh, that was their main concern, honestly. And then, of course, also for the farmers. So anyway, that was like the one version of the Chupacabra. And then the other one is, I think, a bit more like dog-like. We'll get into that as well. Um, So like in the early 2000s in Mexico, they would describe this animal as like a hairless gaunt um thing Uh, it has four legs and then they would actually find corpses of this and then they would try to study it or whatever just from like the amateur's eye kind of thing so not like they were taking it to a coroner and being like or like some sort of scientist or zoologist saying hey tell us what this is so the chupacabra really blew up because, of course, people didn't know what to blame. And it was like a freaky looking creature, of course. Right. So the reason why like Puerto Rico really took it the most seriously, well, it, er, it apparently originated there. But also they used the chupacabra surprisingly as a political statement. And I actually I did not know that. I thought that was pretty interesting because 
they use the chupacabra as like um a political statement is as in uh they themselves puerto rico were alien um because they are actually a part of the united states i didn't know that oh okay yeah yeah and there were uh some theories that the chupacabra was actually an alien that was just dropped off here on earth and spread around kind of thing so yeah so the the people kind of took that as like yeah um kind of symbolism in a way because although they are part of the u.s they cannot vote for presidential the presidential election which Mm -hmm. is kind of interesting so it's like okay you're part of a country but you have no say you know you have no vote so that's why yeah i found that really weird um that's not cool but i don't really know how all that works anyways like i'm sure Puerto Rico has their own president anyways, but still they're under the state. So that's strange. It's so weird. So yeah, pretty much. So this originated yeah, in like 1995. It really blew up in 1996 and sightings still occurred until even like 2011, I think, or even a little bit after that. But the thing is, when you really get down to the deets, uh, a lot of what was written about the chupacabra was just like over sensationalized. Like it did not actually suck out all the blood like a vampire. It did not. It just bit the neck and sure it did have fangs, but it didn't actually like drink all of its blood. Like sure it was like hungry and wanted a little sip sip, but you know, it didn't go crazy like Dracula. So it was into the blood though and would like drink the blood, but it wouldn't like eat the flesh or the meat or anything like that. Um, Not in all cases. So like it would eat the animal, but what it would do was like it was more interested in like killing everything in sight, sort of, and taking like a little bit of everything. The thing is, like, okay, here comes debunking time. Turns out there is no chupacabra. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> there is no chupacabra. I was wanting no. it to be real. And yeah, my my younger self is of course very disappointed. Um <laughs> <laughs> don't believe in you. Yes, I believe. Do you remember like in Peter Pan when in the live shows they're like clap if you believe in fairies oh so my you gosh, can heal yeah. Tinkerbell, right? Bring Tinkerbell back to life. I wish we could do the same thing with the chupacabra, but yeah. I mean of course we don't <laughs> want <laughs> resurrect the chupacabra. Yes, resurrect him. But of course we don't really want that because it's just gonna kill a bunch of livestock. Um debunked, sorry. It turns out that they're actually just like dogs and like mongoose and coyotes. Uh, that have mange and it's so sad it was so sad to like look into that um I I read some articles online um like a very uh, a variety of different sources that really really went into it so some of them really like blew up the vampire or vampiric side of it and um like the whole sensationalizing of it um and then the other ones were like take it easy man they're just dogs with mange <laughs> like no that's not how it is yeah, so who like who was the first crack pipe that was like hey this thing has wings right like yeah. look at a dog look at a fucking mongoose mongoose mm-hmm. doesn't have wings right mongoose no no yeah no, they don't no. have fucking wings mm-mm Whenever I hear the word mongoose, I just think of that quote from Austin Powers where, he, where he's like, he's like the snake to my mongoose or the mongoose to my snake. Yeah. <laughs> I love Austin Powers. Oh, so good. So I love it. I quote that movie daily or those movies daily anyways. Yeah. yeah those, that's our childhood. 
<laughs> totally, totally. Totally is. So, um, yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what really like upset me about this case here of the chupacabra is that people were capturing these animals because they did think it was the chupacabra, but really no. they don't, they don't understand that these poor animals have mange. And if you guys don't know about mange, I'll just tell you what it is. Um, it's basically like a skin disease, um, uh, something that they pick up uh like dogs coyotes mongooses are like the main ones that really came up with this case uh with mange yeah so they have like very itchy skin and they lose their hair and of course it's going to make their skin like look all cut up like even if you have the stomach for it go onto like google images and type in like dog with mange and you'll see why people would think that it was some other crazy beast you know yeah that's so sad yeah because they do look really sick um And I think when they do have mange, like they're suffering so much, they're not really in their right mind. So I think that also has to do with why they were killing the way that they were. Um, But yeah, the way people were capturing these animals was awful. And it's recent too, like in the like 2010s, people were still catching them in like Texas. And so once they captured them, they'd like keep them in cages. And of course you could see this thing suffering. Like it's obviously like a dog or coyote, right? And people are the fucking worst. Yeah. When it comes to that and they're like, oh yeah, we're just going to like feed it and like keep it in this cage, a wild animal in a cage. Of course, I don't approve of that. Um, And then they would just like wait until it got like sick enough until they're like, okay, yeah, we should put it down. It's like, well, there was a potential that it could have gotten better if you just decided to like bring it into a vet or something. I don't know. Yeah. Like mange is treatable. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so sad. So really the chupacabra at the end of the day, it's just uh, mange. Yeah. Mange that has affected dogs, coyotes, mongoose. Wow. That's pretty much it. Um, But the thing is too, what's interesting is that people's imaginations really brought out the chupacabra really so uh earlier that year in like 1995 there was this movie that came out yeah in 1995 this movie came out um and it had to do with this like freaky alien creature beast that this Mm -hmm. woman like morphed into or something so yeah so that came out before the chupacabra sightings but it happened like i think this movie came out like a month before the first chupacabra sighting so uh i think that's where it really occurred so like who knows if that movie had never come out like maybe that at that exact time then maybe there would have never been a chupacabra sighting you know people would have actually just um recognized that there was a problem with dogs catching mange you know and taking that a bit more seriously rather than being like oh it's the chupacabra so that kind of ruined it for me it ruined it for me because one there is no chupacabra and two people just should have taken you know it more seriously that you know animals are sick and you shouldn't you know put them in cages for that reason and don't be like oh that's chupacabra because people genuinely thought that they caught a chupacabra yeah it's bonkers people are not not smart no um (laughs) and then also another theory uh there was um there's theory that like oh actually no this actually happened there are some recess monkeys that were being experimented on in puerto rico and some Mm -hmm. escaped so they're also thinking that that might have been uh one of or a few of the sightings anyways right so yeah no so this um case reached from like puerto rico to mexico all the way to maine so mostly like the southern states you know yeah so that's so sad but anyways yeah that was like a short one today um that's okay 
Yeah, because like I tried to get as much info as I could, but really, like that's all I got. Yeah, there's not yeah. much. And what's funny too, the, the NASA spokesman Brian Welsh, uh, he was actually forced to publicly deny the theory of the chupacabra existing. What really? Yeah, yeah, because it was getting so much hype um, that the chupacabra was an alien creature. He had to step and be like, no. No, it's not. <laughs> and even Wait, so zoo- yeah, he worked at NASA. What was his? Oh, he's the NASA spokesman. Oh, really? Yeah, he had to oh step up and talk about it. That's so funny, right? <laughs> and then also, a local Houston news station asked Animal Control about it, and they said that yeah. people in the area were inbreeding different kinds of dogs to let them go, and then catch them to claim that they had caught a chupacabra. No. So that's another thing that's absolutely disgusting. <laughs> <sighs> I hate humans. Humans oh, can be bad. God, leave the fucking animals alone. Right? Yeah. Christ. Yeah. So, oh, uh, and yeah, that people, triggers me. That triggers me too. I'm so fucking mad, dude. Like, whenever, <laughs> ugh, I can't handle anything. I think I said this last episode. Mm-hmm. Can't handle anything to do with like animals and children that is like crime related. It yeah. is the worst of the worst. Oh yeah, it really is. Yeah. Yeah. Like even when I watch SVU, <laughs> um, Law and Order, yeah. when it comes to the cases with children, I'm just like, oh, this is kind of roughing my day up. Like, yeah, ugh. yeah, it's too it's, much. Yeah, it's too much. Um, but anyways, like following after the Chupacabra because it blew up so much, there were some like god awful movies <laughs> with the Chupacabra oh, called yeah. like chupacabra terror that came out in 2005 and then there's like <laughs> chupacabra versus the alum oh sorry the chupacabra versus the alamo and then actually also made an appearance on x-files and south park i've oh, got to watch the south park one i have i don't think i've seen that one <laughs> i don't think i have either i should and then also oh yeah there's a cryptozoologist who also had a word about the chupacabra his name's lauren coleman um and he he mentioned yeah that that movie possibly struck up that imagination for the chupacabra to exist but however though there there was like one video that i did see where it was the it was an animal that looked least like a dog or coyote or anything because it was standing on its hind legs and it looked a little bit bigger than a dog and it was shaped a little bit differently but i think like potentially it could have been like one of the like inbred dogs or something because it was kind of like deformed looking or something but yeah um i like the version better i'm sorry i like (laughs) the version better of the chupacabra being real (laughs) let's just me too go with that because everything else is so fucking sad right so yeah sorry to like debunk that and ruin your fantasy of having the chupacabra in our existence but yeah no it's not a thing so uh, I was really excited to cover the story. And then like the more I read, the more I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, this okay. This is depressing. This is depressing. But uh, <laughs> who knows though? Cause like, this is the most modern uh, folklore story of our, like ever, <laughs> I guess. This is the latest one. So who knows? Like, cause there was no technology, of course, like way back yeah. in like the 1700s, like not like what we have today anyways. Right. So it's not like they could just like go online and debunk it or something like that. Wait, when yeah. was the first um, sighting? Sighting in 1995. Okay, yeah, 1995. And when was the last? 2011. 2011. I mean, there might have been more after that, but they probably wouldn't have taken it they seriously. So there was like, yeah. yeah, they weren't like recorded or like you know. 
any of that. So, uh, yeah, 2011 in Texas, I believe was one of the last ones. Uh, yeah. So that's that of the Chupacabra. Oh, and also here's another weird one. Um, it was also, I don't know how this theory came up, but they blamed the Chupacabra for causing AIDS. Are you fucking kidding me? No, but when they when I read that, I'm like, well, that's a bit offensive. I love that. So they're like, yeah. the chupacabra, the chupacabra caused AIDS, but the chupacabra isn't real, but mm-hmm. AIDS is real. That's love right. It. Logic. Love it. Mm-hmm. People are smart. People are scientists. They know everything. Da da da. That's right. Good job, though. That was awesome. Oh, thanks, man. I mean, it's like shitty and sad, but like, yeah, great job. Thank you. Okay, thanks. Yeah, no, I was um, I was surprised in a very good and bad way. Like it was bittersweet. Like, okay, I actually have to close that chapter of Chupacabra and like put that to rest because it's not real. Chupacabra. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck, I don't know. I love that. I hope you put that in. See you later, Chupaca, bruh. <laughs> Awful. Uh, that was so good. Um, that was my yeah. frat. That was my frat boy. Your uh, frat boy impression. Oh, imagine us being a couple of frat boys. Fuck no, dude. Doing like the belly bumps. Do people still do that? I think so. Well, not right now because of COVID. I don't think. But right now. But I think I think belly bumping is still a thing. Mm, okay. Cool. Yeah, so just reminding you guys, if you haven't already guessed what our zodiac signs are, we will be revealing it at the end of the episode. So stay dun, tuned. Dun. Dun, dun, dun. So, yeah. <laughs> Law and order. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> stay tuned for our zodiac signs. Gung, gung. Um, so Jamie, what what are what is your spooky topic for this episode? Well, I am like really excited about this one because this is honestly it's not okay it's not that spooky but it is one of my all-time favorite stories like I don't know why I didn't choose this one for the first episode I actually chose one for the first episode that I've never like even heard of before Mm. so this time I was like I'm doing one that I know well and that I absolutely love and this is the story of Cowboy Bob oh I love the name of this but no I actually have not get ready because this one is pretty groovy. You're okay. gonna shake my boots. Yeah. <laughs> Put your cowboy head on. Let's ride. Ooh. <laughs> um, I got this information from an article in the newspaper Texas Monthly, um, written by journalist Skip Hollinsworth. And the article is called The Last Ride of Cowboy Bob. And also, um, Karen from My Favorite Murder does a like phenomenal episode um on this story. So yeah, that's where I got my information. And, uh, all right, let's begin. So, um, it's interesting that yours took place in like 1995 mm-hmm. or like when it started, because we are going back to just a little bit before that we're going back to May of 1991. Ooh. Okay. okay. Into the nineties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. May, 1991, a bearded man wearing a cowboy hat enters the American federal bank in Irving, Texas. All right. So this goes back to Texas. Texas again okay yeah he waits in line and approaches the counter and when it's his turn he goes up to the female teller without saying a word he hands her a note that says this is a bank robbery give me your money no marked bills or die packs 
The teller reads it, hands him the cash, and he nonchalantly puts the cash into his satchel. Without drawing any attention to himself, he turns around and he calmly walks out of the bank. No one except the teller knew what was happening because he didn't display any behaviors that would indicate that he was robbing the place. <laughs> oh, I really like the story so far. Ooh. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's very like ominous. Mm. Okay, the man leaves the bank, heads into the parking lot, and gets into his brown 1975 Pontiac Grand Prix and leaves, still all without drawing any attention to himself, okay? Mm-hmm. The police arrive at the bank, and within a matter of minutes, when they go over the security footage, they notice a thin man with a full beard, cowboy hat, gloves, and sunglasses. The footage showed that the man kept his head tilted down just enough so that his face couldn't be seen on camera. The police weren't able to pick up any defining features from this guy's face, other than the fact that he had a beard. And while watching the footage, police also noticed that the man did not fidget or move in any way that indicated that he was nervous. And this is why it made them realize that this man was a pro and must have done this before. Mm. And at this point, the cops have absolutely no leads. Wow. Okay. Yes. Seven months later, in December of 1991, the same bearded man enters another bank in Irving, Texas, the Savings of America Bank. The man was wearing the same getup as before and approaches the teller. He follows the exact same routine and he makes off with just over $1,200. As he leaves the parking lot, a witness sees him leave and they write down his license plate number, even though... There were no indicating signs that this man had just robbed the bank, but there's like speculation that maybe the person who wrote down the license plate was someone who worked inside the bank Mm. rather than just like a pedestrian or whatever. Mm -hmm. The police are notified and they trace the license plate number to a house that's located pretty close to the bank. When they arrive at the house, they find an elderly woman who is sitting in her living room and she says, I haven't left the house all day. Once the police exit the home, they see that the elderly woman's red Chevrolet is missing one of its license plates. A month later, in January 1992, the bearded man robs yet another bank, the Texas Heritage Bank in Garland, Texas. He uses the exact same MO as before, and he leaves the bank this time with $3,000. In May 1992, he strikes for a fourth time. This time, it's at the Nation's Bank in Mesquite, Texas. As the teller puts the cash together, he tries to hide a dye pack in with the money, but the robber sees it, takes the dye pack out, hands it back to the teller, and walks away. Oh. He leaves. Yeah. He leaves with just around $5,317. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. He really was keeping an eye out for anything sus. <laughs> yeah. This guy is like a fucking genius. Oh. I love, I love Cowboy that, Bob. that the teller was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to catch this guy. Okay. So Steve Powell, the guy who was the FBI agent who was assigned to this case, um, he didn't have a lot of evidence to go off of. And he was the one who decided to give this robber the nickname of Cowboy Bob. So he, <laughs> he was the one who deemed Cowboy Bob to be Cowboy Bob. Love it. Yeah. Okay. So four months later in September of 1992, Cowboy Bob robs the first Gibraltar bank in Mesquite, leaving with $1,700. So this guy isn't making like a lot of money each time he hits up the banks. It's like enough to pay rent for a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. I was just thinking that there's my rent money. The police were able to get the new license plate number that was being used and they decided to track the car and they tracked it to a nearby residence. The owner realized just then that his own license plate had been stolen. So he had no idea beforehand. As the investigation for the robbery continues, police receive a call from Mesquite's 
first interstate bank saying that Cowboy Bob had just been around and that he had stolen $13,706. So a lot more than compared to what he has received previously. Mm -hmm. Um, And according to the bank teller, Cowboy Bob was so happy with the amount of the money that he received that he tipped his hat to her as he walked away. Like this is a classy motherfucker classy cowboy bob cowboy bob's full of class he's fly right mm-hmm. like i'd have been like oh shit <laughs> you got swagger pretty fly for a cowboy <laughs> yeah okay so within the span of a year and a half cowboy bob had stolen around like twenty six thousand dollars from six different banks mm-hmm. so he's made like you know eh. i guess that's like a decent amount for 1995 or what year oh, is this 1991 yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a, yeah. That was a bit more money than. Exactly. Because today you'd be like, get a job and you'd make that much, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, right. It's kind of the same. <laughs> so, um, and still with, you know, not a lot of evidence to go off of the FBI wonder if they're ever going to be able to catch Cowboy Bod because they have nothing to go off of other than mm-hmm. the way that he looks and the fact that he steals license plates like that's it that's all they have over a year and a half so these guys are starting to like get really in you know tense and go crazy Mm -hmm. during the last robbery a witness had taken down the license plate number this time so police trace it to a man named pete tallis and he uh worked for a ford auto parts factory in i think it's carlton or carrollton oh yeah carlton yeah but it's like c-a-r-r-o-l-l-t-o-n oh weird Carrollton, Texas, Carlton. I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah. When police speak with Pete, he says, I own a 1975 brown Pontiac Grand Prix, but I gave it to my mom and my sister because they didn't have enough money to get their own car. And when police tell Pete that the car had just been used in a bank robbery, Pete says, bullshit, that car can't go fast enough. (laughs) Okay. So police obtain Pete's mom and sister's address and they head over to their apartment complex. And when they pull up to the parking lot, uh, they see the 1975 Pontiac Grand Prix. And when they see this car, the police decide to make a plan to figure out how they're going to catch Cowboy Bob. And so they, you know, discuss whether they're going to break down the door or play it slowly. While they're outside, they spot a woman walking out of the apartment towards the car. She's wearing a t-shirt and shorts, and they suspect that she is Cowboy Bob's girlfriend. When she gets in the car and drives away, they decide that Agent Powell, the lead investigator, will stop her around the corner so that way Cowboy Bob can't see them talking to her from his apartment. They catch up with her, they pull the car over, and that's where they meet Peggy Jo Tallis. She introduces herself and she explains that the car belongs to her. She says that she got the car from her brother and the cops ask her, have you used the car anytime today? She says, yeah, I just went out and I picked up some fertilizer this earlier this morning. And Agent Powell and his team search the car and trunk and they do find a bag of fertilizer in the trunk of the car. He then asks Peggy if they can search her apartment. She says, there's nothing in there but my mom who is sick, but the cops decide to search anyway. The cops go to the apartment and Peggy Joe's mother, Helen, answers the door. The team of FBI agents and police officers enter the apartment and storm past her with their guns drawn. Once they're inside... They just see that it's a really tidy apartment and that it's the two ladies that live there. There's no sight of Cowboy Bob, no piles of money, nothing. They continue to look around. They go into Peggy Joe's bedroom and they suspect that maybe Peggy Joe is hiding her boyfriend, Cowboy Bob, somewhere, but they don't find him 
anywhere in or around the apartment. So then, you know, they're still looking around and then an officer notices a styrofoam mannequin head up on the shelf in the closet with a fake beard pinned to it. And next to that, what else but a cowboy hat? And then they check under Peggy Joe's bed and what do they find? A bag full of cash. Oh my God, they did check under. <laughs> You're so good. Yeah. Okay, I'm listening. So, <laughs> so Agent Powell then... uh turns to Peggy Joe and he starts to ask her about the items that they've, you know, just found in her room. And as he's talking to her, he notices a small amount of beard hair and glue just above her top lip. That's right. Cowboy Bob ain't no man. Cowboy Bob is Peggy Joe Tallis. He's a woman. Oh my gosh. Right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah That's Drake King's. <laughs> and they bring her into the station and all of them are like absolutely shocked to figure out that this typical young woman has been the one robbing banks for over a year and a half and making the cops run in circles trying to solve this case for so long wow oh that is so awesome i love this yes girl this is my favorite story oh my gosh so when peggy joe is asked why she robbed all of those banks she doesn't say anything um she also doesn't say much to her defense attorney and all that she says is that she robbed the first bank to help pay for her sick mother's medication for her degenerative bone disease Mm. and when the cops ask her why she continued to rob the other banks she just stares at the wall and shrugs. He had to rob the banks. Bob rhymes with Rob, so I had to. Yes. I had no choice. During the court hearing, the judge considers that Peggy Joe was never violent during any of her crimes. She never used a weapon and she never threatened anybody. So, you know, the judge figures that she's a law-abiding citizen and has given her a 33-month sentence. Mm. So for all of these bank robberies, all she got was 33 months, which is like, not long at all. No, no, that's that's nothing. That's nothing. What is that? That's like under three years. It's like two and a half ish. Mm, yeah, math. I don't know. What. No, it's not. <laughs> What's twelve and twelve? Twenty four. Yeah. 30. That's yeah, two and a half then. Two and a half. Yeah, just yeah. over. Okay. Two and a half okay. years. Okay. Peggy Joe serves her full sentence without any complaints, and when she's released from prison, all that she says is that she promises she won't ever do anything like that again. After being released, she's approached by a true crime author who says that he wants to write a story about her and her life, and possibly turn it into a movie. Maybe. Mm. Um, she says no, and that she just wants to put the whole thing behind her. So we're gonna go into a little bit of the backstory mm-hmm. about who Peggy was. Yeah. Peggy Joe was born in 1945 on June 6th. So we share the same birthday. <laughs> oh, okay. There's a reveal right there for your sign. Ah, fuck. <laughs> oh, no, wait, no, wait, no, wait. Cause the reveal. Oh, fuck. Yeah. The reveal. <laughs> Damn it. All right. Oh, good. Can I just release mine now? Yeah. This is, yeah. You just re- release it. All right. Yeah. What's up, everyone? I'm a Gemini. Woo. So if you got it right, good for you. Good for you. <laughs> That's all you get. <laughs> <laughs> so she was born on June 6th. Uh, and I, I wrote, we share the same birthday. No big deal. Um, she is the youngest of three children and she grows up in Grand Prairie, Texas. She was known to be a very free spirited individual. Um, when she was four years old, her father passed away from cancer and her, uh, her mother became a nurse's aide to help support the family. After 10th grade, she decided to drop out of school and she told her mom, there's too much else to do in life then waste her days in school, which like, I highly agree with. Fuck yeah. Which is ironic because I work (laughs) in his school. (laughs) 
but I'm so like, oh, fuck, dude, I get it. Like, I understand where she's at. Peggy Jo Tallis was said to be all about adventure. And in the early 70s, she decided to drive up to San Francisco to see what was going on out there. And when she arrives there, she stays there for about a month. In her 20s, she is able to get her own apartment in North Dallas. She works as a receptionist. And um, at that job where she worked as a receptionist, she meets a girl named Cherry Young, who she becomes very close friends with. And the two of them, you know, would be found at parties, going to bars, concerts, constantly looking for adventure. Peggy Jo tells Cherry that she doesn't really have any career goals. She doesn't really want kids. She doesn't even care about getting married. Um, and that all she wants to do is go on adventures. Uh, she says that her plan was to work just enough to pay the bills and then have some left over to go out with and have fun. Peggy Joe absolutely loved the movie Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. She saw it many times throughout her life. Um, Cherry once stated about Peggy Joe. she said, she told me she was saving a little so that she could someday go to Mexico, just live on a beach in a hacienda, wear bathing suits night and day. She was beautiful and she was rambunctious. And she always told me that deep down, she was wild at heart. Mm. One night, Peggy Joe and Cherry actually got into a fight at a restaurant out in Fort Worth, and they both walked away from each other. Peggy Joe walked out into the parking lot, and there was a truck sitting there with the keys in the ignition. And she decided to get into it and drive off. <laughs> Peggy Sick. Joe got arrested. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Peggy Joe got arrested for that and was given five months probation for the theft. Later on in the mid-70s, Peggy Joe meets a man, falls in love with him, and he ended up living in another town. So one day she goes to meet him and sees that his car is parked out on the street. So she thinks that he's home. She gets out of her car and she walks over towards his car and she sees a woman get into the car. And she goes, what are you doing? And the woman goes, well, I'm getting into my husband's car. So that is how she found out that the man that she fell in love with was actually married the whole time that he and Peggy Joe were seeing each other. No. Men are shit. Yeah. So after that, she tells her friend Cherry that she's never going to fall in love again and she never wants to be hurt again. She just wants to spend time with her family and take care of her sick mother. When Peggy Joe is in her 40s, she has a terrible back injury and then a while later, she's forced to have an emergency mastectomy. After having surgery, she comes to the conclusion that she hasn't done much with her life. Well, hasn't done as much with her life as she's wanted to. She realizes she doesn't make enough money and that the cost of living was just too much. And that's when the line of bank robberies ensues. Mm. So mm -hmm. after we're going to jump forward now, after she was arrested, after she was arrested for the bank robberies, she decides to get out of town because her neighbors aren't you know, they're talking shit about her and the crimes she has committed. So she and her mother move into a small house in Garland, Texas, and she decides to become a cashier at the Harbor Bay Marina at Lake Ray Hubbard. Everyone around adored Peggy at the marina, and it was said that she even used some of her own money to help the customers that couldn't afford much pay for anything that they needed at the marina. Aww. Yeah, she was like just so kind. Her routine consisted of her working all day and then going home to help her mother during the night. And in 2002, her mother, Helen, ended up passing away at the age of 83. Hmm. In the spring of 2004, Peggy decided to go on an adventure and purchases an RV from a man at the marina where she worked who was selling it for $5,900. I'm going to say that again because I don't know why I said it like that. $5,900. <laughs> 
after purchasing the RV, she decides to work for a little bit longer. She's going to save some cash and then she's going to move down to Mexico. She said to a friend that she wants to do it now before life runs out on her. She sells mostly all of her belongings and she starts living in the RV. And in the summer of 2004, she hits the road and she never tells anyone where she's going or when she's going to return. In October of 2004, an older man in a dark hat, gloves, and baggy clothes robs the Guarantee Bank on the south side of the city, but gets away without a trace. A teller from the bank told the FBI agent who was investigating that she was surprised when the man spoke because he had such a high-pitched voice. <laughs> she must have looked pretty dank as a guy then. Like, she must have really right? pulled it off well then. Because, like, even when um, I see a rather, like, androgynous woman, you know, and, like, where it's almost difficult to tell, you know? Like, not that yeah. I'm, like, trying to figure it out or whatever. But, like, I feel like you can just tell by looking, like, at the body, the frame, right? right. Even though it's, like very much in the middle it's like oh yeah that's like a woman's body for sure but she must have really have known what she was doing to pull off that disguise yeah well because she was in baggy clothes right so I don't know how much they could tell but like she this woman was a pro agent Steve Powell who was retired at the time um would have been the only one who would have known about what that meant as all the new young cops had never worked on the cowboy bob case before Over the next while, Peggy Jo's family only heard from her a couple of times from payphones around the city. So now it's Thursday, May 5th, 2005. Peggy Jo Tallis puts on a big black straw hat and a large pair of sunglasses. She parks her RV in a parking lot out in front of the Jack in the Box restaurant Mm -hmm. across from the same guarantee bank that had just been robbed in the previous Mm -hmm. October, and she goes inside. She asks the teller to hand over the money, and she walks out just like a bunch of times that she did before, except this time she doesn't notice the dye pack inside of the bag. As she gets outside, the dye pack explodes everywhere and covers her in ink. She tries to get away quickly, but she's covered in ink and there's smoke coming out behind her. So (laughs) witnesses see this and they end up notifying the police. She got inked. You guys made me ink. (laughs) Exactly. So funny. I love that movie. Mm -hmm, So cute. The cops had been in the neighborhood when they received the call um, and they were just around the corner because they had been investigating the robberies that had been happening in the area months before. So they were around when they got the call. As Peggy Jo is pulling out of the parking lot in her RV, the cops show up and a police pursuit entails. Peggy Jo is driving down the highway, but the RV isn't fast enough. So she pulls off the highway and pulls into like a residential area. The police then surround the RV and tell her that she's surrounded and that she has to come out with her hands up. At this point, the cops have no idea who's in the vehicle. Uh, they, you know, there were theories at the time that there were gangs going around who were robbing the banks. So they assumed that because it was an RV that there were a bunch of people in there. Peggy Joe stands up. Peggy Joe draws the curtains. And she goes and sits at the table and she lights a smoke. She tries to make a decision about what she's going to do next. Nothing happens for around 10 minutes and the cops are still ordering her to exit the vehicle. Peggy Jo puts out her cigarette. She goes into her bedroom and she picks up a toy gun and walks out to the front of the RV and opens the door. The police are shocked to find a 60-year-old woman standing in the doorway of the RV. And she says to them, you're going to have to kill me. And then they respond by saying, we're not going to do that put the gun down and come out. It doesn't have to be that way. She says to the police, you mean to tell me if I come out of here with a gun and point it at y'all, you're not going to shoot me. 
And one of the cops who's closest to her says, do not raise that gun. Please just put it down and come out. Peggy Jo steps forward, raises the gun, and Peggy Jo Tallis is shot four times and killed on sight. The police then throw a can of tear gas into the RV, preparing themselves for the bank robbery gang that they believe is still inside. But instead, all they find is an empty RV, the burnt cigarette, and a 357 Magnum that Peggy Jo actually owned that she left in the RV. She came outside with a toy gun because she was just done, right? Right. And she didn't, like, she was never going to hurt anyone. Mm-hmm. She just it's wanted just, it to be over with. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> it just, it's so sad. Mm-hmm. So the FBI does a record check and then they come to realize that Peggy Jo Tallis is actually Cowboy Bob. They then contact agent Steve Powell and they leave him a message saying, we have some bad news for you about your old nemesis. When Powell calls them back, all he says is, say it isn't so. More of the story, Rob Banks. And that is the story of Cowboy Bob, a.k.a. Peggy Jo Tallis. I love that story. Isn't that incredible? I have never heard that story before. I love it. It it is honestly one of the greatest. Like the whole time, you know, just the fact that she was a woman and she had these male cops running around for like a year and a half, believing that they were after some man. And it turns out to be her. Mm -hmm. She never hurt anyone in the process. Like... Yeah, I guess she just really got a thrill out of it. But I guess, yeah, her whole plan was to, like, move to Mexico kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. she just wanted to live, like, an easy breezy life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, right. yeah. So, oh. R.I.P. <laughs> Peggy. Yeah. Peggy, we love you. <laughs> I mean, I don't <laughs> condone robbing banks, but that's nope. pretty fucking badass. Yeah, for sure. You know? Yeah, and it's so weird, like, because... Yeah, she's got her disguise and everything, which is cool. But like nowadays, like with the pandemic, everybody's wearing masks in the bank. It's like, well, never thought this would happen. (laughs) Which one of you is a robber and which one of you is just being smart and protecting yourself against coronavirus? For real. That's how it is. (laughs) Oh, I guess since we're talking about that, I mentioned um, I brought this up with you a few weeks ago. But yeah, there was... um, this guy who was wanted here in Victoria for oh, right. yeah, B&Es. And yeah, he would like, yeah, break into houses, I think as well. But like he'd broke into some stores on like Fort Street. Anyways, uh, I-, I was unaware of this person at the time, but I was just chilling in my apartment. And then I noticed outside this suspicious looking guy walks in past, he walks in past um, like this back area of my apartment building and he's just like hanging out there <clears throat> oh my god my wife and he's just hanging out there for like 10 minutes and like I made eye contact with him and he was wearing a mask <laughs> like uh you yeah. know just a disposable mask and then I'm like well that was weird and then you convinced me to like check out what's going on in Victoria because there was so much commotion with like sirens and then helicopters and I was like yeah maybe I should see what's up so then I find this guy that I just saw outside. I'm like, oh my God, Jamie. <laughs> like, I think, and then I told you, like, I called the police and gave him the tips and all that. And then, uh, anyways, he wasn't found after I called in, but he was found, I think, like two weeks after I called. So luckily they did catch the guy. Right. And then, yeah, um, yeah. And then what's weird too is like earlier that day when I saw that guy, um, another person was caught uh like two blocks away from me 
Uh, he was breaking into people's homes with an axe. So he was just like casually walking around with an axe. Yeah, that's that's messed up. Big yeah. Time. Oh, totally. And this is the you guy shouldn't have, who, You yeah. shouldn't have an axe if you're not a firefighter or you're going yeah. camping. Totally. Like that's totally. all you need an axe for. Yes. Just saying. Yeah. If there is no wood around that is ready to be chopped up, what's the point? <laughs> just no. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, this guy was wanted um, like nationwide. He's from Alberta because he's known Sorry as apparently up. this axe man <laughs> breaking into people's houses, stealing shit. What? Mm-hmm. Man, always check your local news page yes news page police page whatever whatever yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah i check mine like every day pretty much oh okay that's good yeah i'm definitely going to be a bit more involved in that because yeah you never know and like yeah i had no idea that that guy was wanted so i'm glad you yeah. convinced me to look it up to see what's going on in the world or like, not in, the world, but in, Vic- in victoria yeah i'm Wild. such a people watcher too like i'll sit on my balcony and like there's a parking lot below but then there's like a creek too that I can see and there's just like the weirdest people there all the time just like bopping around hanging out in a parking lot I'm like go do something else like what are you doing here <laughs> right well I guess there's nothing else to do with COVID so I guess I'm parking like go to a park go to a park yeah Sit in the grass yeah. hang out have socially distanced company don't hang out in a fucking parking lot that is seedy as shit that is really seedy. I will say that. Yeah. Anyways, people drive me nuts. But you right. already know that. How many times oh, have yeah. I said that people are fucked on this podcast episode so far? Eight? Right. I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, oh, yeah. No, luckily, though, like, I feel like I have seen a lot of ugliness. We all have, I'm sure. Right. Especially yeah. in the past, like, year or two, you know, it's insanity. But, yeah. like, I'm so grateful, though, for, like, where I work. I work with, like, a lot of release. Really like nice clients and I really like feed off that good energy and so it's always a good time so yeah happy with That's that so nice good people yeah. it's like oh yay good people do exist hallelujah yeah, exactly oh do you want to share your sign oh yes my now sign. that mine Drum got revealed in my <laughs> episode yeah I'm you could call out yourself <laughs> oh my god I was like we share the same birthday oh you just fucking ruined it Jamie <laughs> shame all good it was going to come out anyways that was actually the perfect time for it to come out so okay good <laughs> yeah don't worry that worked that worked so smoothly and perfectly i am drumroll i am i am scorpio but i will say uh i relate to my cancer rising so much more um and when it comes to like zodiacs or, or sorry not zodiacs when it comes to horoscopes reading those um or just like seeing my favorite youtubers that are zodiac sign interpreters and all that i find yeah whenever they read cancer i relate to that most and i'm gonna get a little bit nerdy astrologically here so for, for those who don't really know much about astrology there's two kinds of astrology there's tropical which is what we see all the time in like magazines and like youtube videos this and that and then um that's the more like mainstream one and then there's the uh sidereal astrology and The difference between that is tropical, which is what we most commonly go by. It's actually the measurements of the planets uh, to Earth. So it's from the Earth's perspective of where the planets actually are and how that lines up to our birthday. And then 
uh, when it comes to sidereal, that's when the it measures the planets from where they actually are, so not from the Earth's perspective. So sidereal is actually arguably more um, accurate. So there's that ar- argument too. So uh, I go, so usually in the astrology community, everybody goes by their three main signs, which is like sun rising and moon. So I'm Scorpio sun rising, uh, oh, not Aquarius. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. God, no. Where did that come from? <laughs> so yeah, I'm a, sorry. I'm a, uh, Scorpio sun, uh, cancer rising and Leo moon. So, that those all tie in together so that's also a reason why if people are like oh say jamie you don't seem like a gemini well that's because people might see more of like your rising sign which is usually the case but we don't know your birth time though do we we do know my birth time oh yeah we do okay sorry yeah. <laughs> okay i'm that's gonna okay. have to like reread your birth chart again because i'm interested that's okay. yeah. yeah um so yeah in uh, a tropical i am a sun Scorpio and sidereal I'm a Libra and double cancers in that sign so anyways I have more cancer prominent after that whole spiel that's what I want to say I'm more cancer prominent yeah that's cool yeah I uh I'm not sure about my um moon and rising let me look because I I'm swear I have a screenshot so okay but yeah chart. people like <laughs> people whoever meets me they definitely recognize that I'm a Gemini for sure oh for sure like, I, I, like, I have to say yeah. you are <laughs> more, yeah. more so yes yeah I am a classic fashion Gemini love it let me take a look I could see you I have Virgo vibes from you for sure really yes oh okay 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 mm-hmm. you are yeah Gemini sun Virgo moon called it a new, new um and then your leo rising Ooh, that's so cool because i'm leo moon so that's so neat that's neat ah, we're like polars so yes that oh and cool. then the oh not sponsored but there is an app called the pattern which i yes. love it I doesn't love yeah i love it i love it because it'll even show um like your relationships like friendships and stuff and how you guys go together as well which is so awesome so it's yeah, so accurate bonds. Yeah, your bonds. And but it doesn't mention astrology or anything. It'll just tell you about your life and who you are and the things you're struggling with and also the cycles that you're going through. And which I love. Patterns. Yeah, certain patterns. The name, the pattern app. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, highly recommend getting that app. Yeah, that one is super cool. I do love that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so fun. So cool. Yeah. So Jamie, do you want to tell us what you're grateful for today or just in general? gratitude lounge gratitude lounge honestly um like over the past mm, well yeah over the past week I've definitely been super grateful (laughs) for my um uh anxiety meds because I felt quite a bit of anxiety over this last little week but Mm -hmm. they have really helped me um like the ones that I take daily have really you know they do the job nicely but when I'm struggling a little bit more um my lorazepam aka ativan is so so nice to have on hand Mm. um yeah I just I really am so thankful that I am medicated because I was a fucking gong show before I was medicated like the the amount of anxiety that I had beforehand was just ridiculous okay 
Okay. Yeah, that's that's mine. What about you? Mine. Um, yeah, there's I guess a few things. Oh yeah, I'm really grateful. Well, I had something else in mind of what I was gonna mention, I was gonna be grateful for, but something really minor happened yesterday. Um, that just kind of like threw everything out the window <laughs> of everything else I was grateful for because I'm just like so stoked on this one thing. I saw a couple. They were so cool. I saw oh, the really? couple. They uh-huh. were, yeah. And I remember seeing them a few years ago as well. I was like, oh yeah, they exist. They're so cool. Like, I don't know them, but I like looking at you people. Like you just saw them around town. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was no just way. Walking. Yeah. That's was... so cool that they're still together. Right. It's so cute. Um, yeah, I was walking home from work yesterday and they were like in line at like a burger place outside. And uh yeah, they're they're just so cute. Okay, they remind me of the couple from the movie True Romance. That's one of my favorite movies ever. I think it's just my favorite movie. Um, If you haven't seen it, (laughs) check it out. If you like Quentin Tarantino, he didn't direct it, but he wrote the screenplay. Neat. Anyways, love that movie. So they remind me of that couple. So Alabama and um, what's it say? Uh, I know his name. Clarence. Yeah. So they remind me of (laughs) Alabama and Clarence. And uh, so she has like a really nice, like, um, you know, old fashioned, like, you know, 50s hairstyle. It's blonde. You know, she definitely put like the rollers in, put in all that effort. Like, yeah. damn, you look great, girl. And uh, yeah, and then she's got like the plaid pants on. And so she's got like her own thing going on. And I love it. And they're, I think the couple, they're, they must be in like their early 40s. Okay. And and then he's got like the the wildest mullet I've seen in town. It's like, <laughs> I love mullets, but like this one, I don't even know if it's called a mullet, honestly, because it's on another another level. It's like a uh, short bang, sort of, but it's also like poking up a bit, right? At the front. Okay. So on the top, it's like a bit poking up. And then the back, it's just long. It's just luscious long locks. Um, yeah. <laughs> so if you can picture that, right? Oh, it's kind of, it reminds me of Joe Dirt. <laughs> Like okay yeah yeah that'd yeah. be a sight to see for sure yes, totally and then they have a kid with them as well and I'm like oh no. <laughs> that's so nice, that's so nice. Oh, yeah. I love that so anyways just seeing like a cool couple with their own unique style I'm like that made my day I I wish more people could feel comfortable you know wearing what they want and like myself included that's something I actually spoke about in like therapy today is just like I have a hard time figuring out what to wear because um the, like the way society is and also in the media of like you know how women are portrayed and stuff too I don't want to be objectified or sexualized yeah you know so I feel like I have to really think like thoroughly about what I want to wear and what I'll actually feel comfortable in without um attracting like negative attention um, by negative I mean you know sexualized yeah really yeah unwanted yeah. attention really yeah, yeah unwanted exactly I want to be looked at as a as a woman a human woman yeah that's all <laughs> well that's good that you had therapy today though I have my it's been weeks but I have my next session I think in like four days from now so I'm really excited because my therapist books up so quickly <laughs> oh yeah so I'm I've it's yeah it's been like three weeks since I've seen her maybe even uh-huh. longer okay but I'm like come back yeah you're I doing so much I need to tell you yeah oh good so. well yeah hallelujah for those meds hey yeah meds yeah. therapy all of it do it mm-hmm. it changes your life nice yeah. Yeah. yeah um and also yeah like we mentioned earlier it's the new moon today so that means it's April 11th and 
Uh, I think everybody's kind of feeling a bit more anxious and tense too in this past, like the last week. Cause yeah. I was too, for oh, sure. Same. Yeah. Was I was so awful. anxious. Yeah, yeah. So anxious and so tired out of nowhere. I was like, oh, I'm just, I blame it on hormones every time. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. it's either my time of the month or it's the moon. It's mm-hmm. nothing else. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's one of those two. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I relate. So I guess like the spookiest theme in our past week has just been anxiety. Anxiety is spooky. Anxiety. Anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah. oh, um, feeling like low energy. Yeah, low energy. But actually, Jamie, like, do you have any tips to share of like how to control anxiety? Ooh, that is a <laughs> wonderful little. Yeah. Take your time. Answer. Yes. Um, I guess just, okay, it's expensive, but it's so, so worth it to get yourself a therapist so that they can help you navigate what works best for you because everyone is different. And like, you know, I have friends who have anxiety, their coping mechanisms work great for them, but they may not work as well for me, right? Everyone is different. Everyone's coping mechanisms are different and unique. And so just like, for the love of God, <laughs> seek therapy. It is a freaking game changer. And you might be like, I don't want to. It's so scary and it's hard. But when you get into it, it feels so freaking good. It's so good. Mm-hmm. So awesome. I, I put it off for years. And now that I'm in it, I just like, I look forward to every single session and I get so much out of it. So that's awesome. my tip of the day. What about yours? What about you? My advice on anxiety um, is anxiety. anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, I would say um, breathing. Breathing is like the most important part for me personally, because like when you get tense and stressed, you start to have like the shorter, shallow be- breaths, right? And so I like it's hard though when you're in that moment, you're not thinking about breathing. You're just like trying not to freak out, you know? Yeah. So. Like, I don't really struggle with anxiety often or like, I mean, maybe often, but it's like not that severe. And like, I've learned how to kind of like, you know, calm myself down. But uh, one of the strategies is just like trying to be very aware of my thoughts and like stopping being present and just breathing and like deep breaths, you know, taking that moment to focus on breathing. So there's yeah. that. And then also like um, back rubs help too. <laughs> Those can really help just somebody just to like get you to like circular, nice motions on the back, just slow, not crazy fast to freak you out even more. <laughs> but um, yeah, don't go up to a stranger on the street though and get them to rub your back, go to a professional. Or if you have a loved one, get them to do Yes, 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 exactly. <laughs> Don't go to the local bus stop and be like, hey. No. Don't go searching for that shit. Also, I'm like addicted to liquids. So I always have a tea handy. And no, not always caffeinated. No, but you know, just chamomile. Yes, yeah. It's it's yeah. so good to find like a good chamomile tea. I like for the longest time I'm like I don't like chamomile, but when it's blended the right way that I like it, then oh, so good. Yeah, yeah, yes. I agree. Yeah, Ca- yeah, chamomile, lavender, and honey mm-hmm. yes. are like my fave. Ooh, so good. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I'm looking forward yes. to having some of that tonight. But yeah, yep. love my tea. Me too. Mm-hmm. Uh, mental health lounge segment Ooh. welcome to the psych ward <laughs> <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> we are nuts 
we have mental health issues and we sing about shit that is weird i don't know <laughs> you're like the jessica day <laughs> love her yeah. that's so funny thanks for listening today you guys remember to rate review and subscribe and uh we will see you in a couple weeks hey jamie yeah rach beware the boneyard see you next time